0: another episode of swing thoughts that's all i have to say i'm you know a golf spiritual leader what do i have to say tim o'connor's here coach tim colleague of mine now for uh, many years and uh, we're thrilled to be able to bring you the uh, best in golf nonsense, uh, this chaotic game. Coach Tim, good morning, good day, good evening. Yes, uh, whatever day it is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, thrilled to bring you nonsense, for sure. Golf nonsense at its highest. Uh, a lot of stuff to catch up on uh, with Coach mm-hmm. Tim. I have some news I haven't shared with you. I uh, was going to send you a note yesterday, and I thought, no. No. I'll get a fresh perspective from Coach Tim when he hears what I have to say. So, um, looking forward to that, catching up. And, and, you know, a lot of people in the uh, Swing Thoughts world worrying over your trauma of being hit by a golf ball. We'll get an update on that. I I had several people refer to it. And all of us wondering where you were. Like, we were trying to position ourselves. Like, where would we have been? What kind of... You know, and, and and on a serious note A lot of conversation about where we stand Oh my gosh I yes. mean physically, not as human beings But uh, yeah, your uh, your malady has sparred Or sparked? No sparked Sparked, yeah we'll Has go spark. sparked uh, A bit of conversation in my uh, friend group And uh, we'll, I'll, I'll update you on that Alright um, Hey everybody, this program is baked uh, fresh every week And brought to you by... Of course, tailor-made golf. I don't know what to say. I Everything about the... Uh, you know, at, at first, I'm going to be honest, I wasn't really sure what the difference was between the old stealth and this new shiny stealth, but I can tell you now, months into the season, I get it. You know, that, you know, a lot of people make fun of those ads about forgiveness, but I get it. I've hit a lot of drives where I'm like, that's going nowhere. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the... It came off the toe but it went as far as it was supposed to. I get it now. Exactly. I played Maple Downs uh,
1: on Monday in a Senior Ryder Cup thing and at least twice I thought I hit drives that, you know, kind of toey just as you said that no. would go nowhere and I'm looking and then guys 50 yards down in the rough go. Here it is. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, it's amazing how how they are Far giving. Exactly. So Rory, Rory and
0: Howard gets. Designed and with. Sorry, yep. go ahead. No, Rory and Howard gets. Well, I got that part. <laughs> Designed with more carbon and uh, more of all the forgiveness. And you can learn more at tailormadegolf.ca. As always, festooned in. Uh, when you see GSL or uh, Coach Tim on the golf course, you'll see us in our Oscar Bravo uh, golf uh, attire. Absolutely. Looking. Looking sharp. Uh, looking for love. <laughs> looking
1: oh, for love in all the wrong places. Is that That's what you're right. gonna say? Yeah. <laughs> looking for love in all the wrong places. And I tell you, when you walk into your clubhouse, no one will look like you. No. Because if you ha- are wearing an Oscar Bravo oh polo, no one in your club will be looking as sharp as you. Uh, the design... Attributes of these things are amazing. The collar has these little touches that follow in the, on the left sleeve and in the, um, I don't know what you call it. <laughs> the seam, I guess. Um, amazingly put together with fine Italian fabric. They are the best polo you could ever wear. Check it
0: out at whoisoscarbravo.com. And uh, finally, our latest sponsor for uh, this year from uh, Stretch Lab, Toronto, stretchlab.com. If you're looking to increase your range of motion and flexibility, why wouldn't you reduce muscle and joint pain? If you've never had an aided stretch, it's really something. If you watched uh, Full Swing, the Netflix documentary, you see these guys are going to physio before and after their rounds. And a lot of what you see is what they do at Stretch Lab. It's assisted stretch. Stretching. And for $59, you can get a 50-minute stretch, including an assessment. And I promise you, as a golfer, you will see improved sports performance because your range of motion will improve. Go to StretchLab.com. And now, uh, about four or five years ago, we had one of your uh, clients, an interesting character join us. And uh, now we uh, reconvene with uh, one of your uh, favorites, interesting character. Rob Somerville is with us. Explain, Tim, why Rob is with us on this program today? Uh, because he's a really good guy.
1: He's a very good golfer. And he's just seems to have l- just come out of the wilderness of golf. Oh no! Wandering around in a fog of unknowing. Why the hell? He, he, he has
0: <laughs> been, oh, that's funny. Been, um, the, shackled fog, with the, the fog shanks. of unknowing. I love that. The fog of unknowing. That's what they yeah. should, That's another name for this sport. The fog <laughs> of know. unknowing. But
1: I also like the one I just added there. That he was shackled
0: with the shanks. How oh you yeah, know? that's a, hey, Robbie. That's a liter- alliteration, folks. Excellent.
1: But he seems to have, you know. Client, crawled his way out of that wilderness, and so I thought it'd be interesting to uh, to chat with him because there 's a couple of things that seem to align well do align with things that we 've talked about uh, in recent days. so how are you this morning Rob
2: i 'm great guys. How are you guys
0: all right, Fantan- all right. I have so, a question about the shanks if you don 't mind before I, we go into what 's going on because when you were here't you don 't you don't have them anymore or, 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 or do you just to be clear
2: oh well, they 're always there.
0: Um, but when you were going through like a, a mega shank period, describe what, what is that? How does that show up? Is that every iron? Is it occasional irons? Is it pitching shots? Most,
2: mostly short irons. Not no, not pitching, not short game, just short irons and some longer irons at, from time to time.
1: And so this year you you came kind of almost like right out of the gate. And after a very successful season last year, I think you won <clears throat> at Oakville Golf Club. You won one of their most prestigious events, swinging it great. You're close to being a scratch golfer, and there you are, um, shackled with the shanks. So tell us, just kind of, uh, you know, when it started to happen, and and what was the battle like to try to uh, <laughs> exorcise them from your game?
2: It's it's funny because you make the same swings you feel like but the result comes out completely different it it was i was kind of totally blind to what was going on inside so then i went down the deep hole of trying to figure out mechanics and what am i doing am i to this am i to that what's going on and then everybody's got their opinion they're Mm -hmm. coming around you and they also walk around you like you've got some kind of disease or something. When I start to hear about it, because I was, I was like doing it every. Like it, there was no, it didn't matter what I was doing. One would show up from time to time, and you know I'd be playing well, and all of a sudden, boing, and it's gone, and it's like, oh, that's great, yeah. super. Yeah, that'll, that'll that'll help my score. So basically, what it felt like after a while uh, was being in a straitjacket over the ball because you get. Uh, it's hard to explain, but you just you get this tension, and you, and then you're you're trying to do something, and the freedom of of just swinging the golf club is gone.
0: Um, now, I played golf with Rob. He's a very fine uh, golf player. Remember, we had a nice time there in that, that nine hole uh, course in Oakville. We and, did. It was awesome. And I'm wondering. What were some of the things? Because I, I love that description. People walk around you like, no one wants to get some <laughs> of that. No one wants to get the shank stink on them. You know, it's like, uh, I don't, hey, Rob, I don't know what's going on with you, but don't talk about it. For some reason, golfers don't even like to talk about it, thinking it's going to work its way into our games. But what were some of the things people would tell you?
2: So I, the, the, the biggest thing was when you hit one, when you're playing in your foursome or whatever your money game, and you hit one, the silence is deafening afterwards. Oh, yeah because nobody knows like they're just so in shock right and people were just like well you're you're doing this or you're doing that or you're you're sliding or you're doing that, that all all that stuff started and my question in my head was always yeah but why am i sliding why am i i'm not trying to i'm not trying to do that i'm not trying to do this so people would just be like oh don't you know Oh, it's just a A fluke or whatever. I go, no, no, I can do it a lot, actually. (laughs) I'm getting really good at it, too, because I got a couple of times I got up and down from it, uh, you know, just with some resilience. And eventually it was just a shot after a while. And and I'd like watch it intently to see where it went to see if I could play the next shot. So it, it became like commonplace. But I had to do some kind of searching, not searching, but I guess it was searching to sort of figure out where it was coming from. And it wasn't coming from swing. It was coming from something inside.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, before we get to that piece, Rob, I mean, when something goes wrong in one's game, one tends to do what people do and apply some fixes, such as the ones that your, um, your partners were suggesting. Um, so what were some of the things that you were trying to do? And obviously it didn't happen, so kind of the supplementary question is, what did that do to you kind of emotionally around the game?
2: Well, uh, my anger uh, came back and found a new level because I had to, uh, I had to uh, get it out because I kept doing it. And I'd play well. Like, I'd be even par through six holes, and then I'd shank one. <laughs> so it's like, oh, my God, it'd come out of nowhere. And it, it was so hard because I couldn't feel the difference between a shank swing and my regular swing at the time. So it was very hard to sort of discern what was going on. Um, everybody told me everything. You got to, the, the club's coming to inside, mm. this, that, the other, the face is open. Yeah, thanks. I, I didn't realize the face was open. You know what I mean? The ball's going straight left. I'm <laughs> yeah. left-hander, so yeah. I, left.
0: I, that, I didn't realize I was hitting it off the hosel.
2: Yeah, thanks. I uh, yeah didn't, uh, yeah. oh, you shanked one. Yeah, thanks for that. That's yeah. really great. I didn't notice. People were, didn't want me to say the word. Hey, I have a
0: question quickly, okay, so, though. Rob, could you do it on... Here's a weird thing, because I'd read this recently about a, a guy that had coached a pro out of some pre-round shanks. Could you do it on purpose? Like, if I said to you no. now... You, you, so if you tried to no. shank it, you couldn't? Nope.
2: Nope. No, I, that's what I was trying to do, actually. I was trying to see if I could purposely do it, and it would never It would never. It would happen. never
0: show up, exactly. And so right, I guess the, and I
2: helped... I helped a a member at our course. He was shanking it on the range, and I said, um, he's like, oh, my God, and he's so embarrassed, and he's he's going sideways, and I just said, I said, do me a favor, and he's like, what's that? And I go, can you hit the biggest shank you've ever hit? I Uh want to see that thing go absolutely sideways, and he hit it dead pure.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's what Martin Pryor, who was on our show, uh, you know, big brain guy who coaches people in all kinds of things, and that was his experience. The tour pro, shanking it. He said, okay, shank it. The guy peers it. <laughs> but you were applying all these fixes, Rob. Like you were, in essence, in trying mode. Mm-hmm. And yep. eventually, so we met at Rouse Point. <clears throat> <clears throat> uh, uh, that was three weeks, mo- a month ago or so. And you were just telling me that you're, in essence, just, just in use your words, kind of like releasing the club, just letting her go. And you seem to have kind of, uh, you know, crossed over the Rubicon or, you know, come out of the woods, if you will. But yet you didn't. So take us through the last couple of weeks, kind of as you we talked yesterday about moving from this always doing to going to a new approach.
2: So what I found was when I was with you, I was hitting it very well on the range. And then I would go out and play and then I'd still hit the shanks. So I thought I found it again. Oh, I'm not releasing the golf club. So that was what it was. Before that, it was the backswing was something, blah, 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 on and on ball position, blah, blah, blah. So eventually, um, listening to you guys and, and, and working with Tim, the doing and being thing, I figured out on the golf course, I became aware that every time I stepped over the ball, I was trying to do something. I wasn't, I wasn't just swinging and seeing a shot, but with my driver, I was. With my putter, I was. But then, when I got with irons, as soon as the iron, as soon as I got into my shot, well, what am I doing here? Okay, I got to take it back here, and I got to do this, and the face is got to be. And I know I finally noticed it. It was like it was a uh, uh, in my blind spot, as Tim would say. And I finally noticed it, and I said, well, "Like, you, you're not playing. You're trying to do something every bloody swing." So I went to the range again, and I just started working on forgetting about all that stuff and just hitting the the stupid golf ball like to be honest i just started hitting it and i started hitting it really well and my my whole body changed like i became calm peaceful and before it was like a constant tension thing like there was tension in there i was uptight every time i got an iron in my head and that's when i i told tim i said finally i'm a i'm a human being again not a human doing Mm mm-hmm
0: well, you can be forgiven. I mean, a lot of guys listening and be like, man, you know, all of us have shanked a ball from time to time, but to have it show up constantly in every round, I can see why you'd be tense and on alert, your body kind of prepared for some <laughs> kind of, you know, danger that's lurking around every corner. Um, and it's interesting, too, that it's there's a million technical reasons and fixes, but the release of tension is the thing that has helped you the most. So congratulations.
2: I appreciate it. I, I mean, I, I, I accept the fact that that's still a shot I can hit. I have that shot in my repertoire. Not that I want it, but it's there. Um, hopefully my awareness has got to a point where I can kind of uh, notice when I'm not where I'm supposed to be in my head over the ball kind of thing. So I, I kind of take a little more time now and just make sure. And it's been working. Mostly what I've just been trying to do is just swing the bloody golf club. Stop thinking.
0: You know, when you go to a, a work site or something and they say so they have like a, or an office or a factory and it says uh, 147 accident free yeah. days. Yeah. You, yeah. Should, you should get like a little thing on your the side of your golf bag. It says, you know, three shank free rounds.
2: You have never seen a fist pump so big when I when I on this certain hole of the course where I would shank it every time like it was like it was like a given, and I hit the green and the fist pump was like Tiger winning like getting into the playoffs. <laughs> Good for to go you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm listen, like such man. an idiot because I'm like yes, I hit a wedge on a green. Wee!" Uh,
1: yeah, so, it's so cool, Rob, to uh, <laughs> kind of been along with you on this journey. But one of the things that we talked about as we start to wrap our our conversation here is um, when you talk about the difference between being and doing to me, uh, doing presupposes that we're deficient. There's something Mm -hmm. wrong. We need to apply Mm -hmm. some kind of fix. Whereas being is like, okay, I'm okay. I may not be perfect. I may not have everything going for me that, that ideally would lead to good golf shots or good life or whatever but i'm okay and 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 coming from that place of just being okay i'm okay with who i am that just leads to just a a healthier way of of being in in all ways and so yeah so naturally there'd be a a release of tension there'd be an ability to you know just to see what you want to do i'm going to hit this shot i'm going to start it here and bounce it here and go it just so that it's it's a really cool thing to hear you talk about and i love how that um you've been listening to the program we've been talking about this difference between being and doing and you're a a pretty practical illustration of it so thank you
2: and it all came from um expectations Mm. that's what we discovered that's what you and i discovered that it was underlying expectations that heightened from last year to this year that were that were blind to me you mean expectations because
0: you had such a good year last year your expectations were elevated yeah of course and
2: and i hit balls and i hit balls all winter and that probably screwed more things up than anything um yeah and i think underlying i think that's where it came from it grew out of that and people around the club, oh, you're one of the best players in the club and this and that, and I'm, you kind of slough it off like, yeah, whatever, I'm at Oakville Golf Club, who cares? Um, but it gets in there, and then it, it, you don't notice it, and then you kind of like you hit bad shots. and You're like, well, I can't hit bad shots like that. I'm one of the best players of the club. You know, that kind of mm. – so well, that's, I, I think, where it stemmed from underlying, and then it grew from there.
0: And I think a lot of people can relate to that. I mean, it's the part of the – you know, as you get better or want to get better – in this game, then somehow, insidiously, and I wrote that word down, I was going to talk about it as Perfect a word Perfect in, in the nature of my own game, and it sneaks up on you, you don't even realize it, and then yep. that tension you're talking about is the tension of not wanting to hit a bad shot, comma, but why? Yep. Because, because then you might look bad to the people at your club or your you know this image you have of yourself. And I'm speaking now for my my own self as well but same with me same with me Howard yeah yeah it's 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 in there somehow that you can't hit a bad shot and then where your lack of confidence comes from is the instability of not being able to handle it i would say the fact that you've been able to handle all these continuous shanks you've been hitting I mean, that speaks volumes. Because think about it. If you can handle that, then you can handle a blocked shot right of the green, uh, which is what everyone does. It's just that somehow your um, version of what you know a lot of golfers go through just produce this aberrant swing.
2: Well, believe me, I was close. As Tim knows, I was close to be like, maybe this is it for me. I'm done yeah. playing golf because I don't want to play like this anymore.
0: Yeah, well, I'm not. But, I'm not uh, sure if you heard this yeah. quote. I because uh, I've been you listen. You know, I've been uh, going through a similar thing, and and this quote that I keep keep coming back. And by the way, you, you said Martin Pryor. It's Raymond Pryor but okay. um sorry no it's okay i just was i just, I just realized i was thinking who's martin Pryor? And i'm like oh no he means Raymond. but this thing this quote from his book he says i you know and i was in this situation i've learned to hate the thing that i love because it's become the vessel for my own misery Correct. yes and, 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 and that's
2: what it was exactly what it was
0: and golf as a vessel for our own misery is not really you know what the game was designed to be although it seems to be Unless so sure
2: like yeah, unless you're a masochist and you like that kind of stuff. But, <laughs> That's I mean, right. I, I don't. <laughs> That's I, right. The one, the one huge thing through this I can tell you is when people would say, you know, you've got to do this with your swing, you've got to do that with the swing, the first thing that would come into my head is, well, how did I, how did I do this last year and hit good shots? It's the same swing. It hasn't changed. I didn't change it. I'm just doing something's different mm-hmm. in me. It's not the swing because, like, okay, you're you're four, 14 degrees from the inside. Um, if you've done that your whole life and hit proper golf shots, then who says you should change it? I mean, it worked under pressure, or tournaments, blah, blah, blah. So that's what kept resonating with me. I kept saying, okay, but the same swing last year, I hit it good. So it's something else. It's not the swing. <laughs> it's something I'm interfering with the swing. hmm that's what it is. So that kind of kept me grounded a little bit because I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can change my and go work with David Ledbetter for three months and quit golf and and get a perfect golf swing and still hit it like crap.
0: Well, bravo, my friend. Well done. Thanks for sharing that with us. You're a good boy.
2: Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. This is like cleansing for me. Believe me.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. This game. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Hey, Rob. And Howard, thanks. You're,
2: Howard, Howard, you're a fantastic player. So you're, you know, if you're going through. Something it's You're going to come out better on the other side, and you're going to be even better than you were before.
0: So. Well, thanks, my friend. And When you listen to the rest of the podcast, I will talk about some uh, climbing out of the abyss that I've been in Attaboy. the last <laughs> couple foreshadowing, of months. Foreshadowing. A little foreshadowing, yeah. <laughs> All right, dude. Hey, Robbie, let's catch up again. I loved playing with you that day, and we had a good time.
2: I, I'd love to play again anytime you want. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll flip you a text and yeah, try do it. and uh, get out.
0: Yeah, he's a very good golfer, this kid. Uh, all right, big guy. Talk to you soon.
2: See you, Rob. Right. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks so much.
0: You're welcome.
2: bye
0: Yeah, I, it's funny. I didn't realize that uh, it would apply, but I'd written down something as a topic for you and I to kick around was the insidious nature of how golf ebbs and flows. Oh, yeah. And how it sneaks up on us. Both good and bad, by the way. Because, uh, you know, Here's what I'd say about... You know, I wasn't always the most uh, fastidious when it came to journaling golf daily. I would write some things down from time to time. But uh, because of you and because of Kent, my other guru buddy, uh, Kent, uh, Scratch Attitude Kent, I said to him, like, what do you you write down? And and he sort of took me through a little bit of a template. But over the last uh, six weeks, what I've been doing is sort of writing down after every round Kind of what i thought what i felt good about what kind of things i could improve etc and before you know it what it's done is it's given me some perspective where inside of the round i would be thinking man this is shit <laughs> but uh, <laughs> then i would go away and, and write oh well there was mostly it, it wasn't as bad as i thought and then day after day round after round all of a sudden i'm like you know it's it's given me some perspective awareness curative all that it's given me the perspective that maybe it's not as bad as it as i felt like it was inside of it right yeah 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 perspective is massive and that's why
1: journaling is so good we kind of step outside of ourselves and you know, just kind of like let my let my life dump out on a, on a page mm-hmm. that that's really good and but what's interesting to me is that uh, I, when you and I played at Saugeen, your swing looked like the swing I've seen for the last couple of years. You know, it's just it's a nice fluid swing. You get such great speed and everything. Your positioning is really good. But something, obviously, from the ball flight wasn't wasn't on. And so what I relate to what Rob was experiencing, what you it sounds like past tense we're experiencing that that something as he said it was like something inside mm-hmm. something's going on there and it's just through golf you've seen like through the years you've seen so many players uh we talked about this with Carl Morris a guy wins a major and so he finally breaks through and he wins his major and he always had anxiety he'd never win a major now he he's trying to win a second major and prove that he's not a Johnny come lately or whatever now he's got more anxiety mm-hmm. because he doesn't just as you said he doesn't want to be seen as oh there was the guy who was used to be really good yeah <laughs> what happened and just the the effect that has has on us you know from an interior perspective um, and that's the that's the weird thing about this game is that we look externally for all this stuff and usually the problem is, is it's an interior place, but that's not where we look.
0: Now, uh, Raymond, a.k.a. Martin, talks about the idea <laughs> <Thank you>. of <laughs> external versus internal quite a bit in terms of, you know, where do you get your confidence from? And, and one of the concepts that really struck home with me, and I think all of us have done, it, I know you have, this idea of, of looking for confidence in the wrong places For instance This thing of This idea of panic practicing We've all done it You've got an event coming up You had a bad round You go to the range Like I've done this So many times After a round of golf This is goes back To the national Where I would feel So shitty about myself That I would go to the range And hit seven irons Off a tee For an hour To try and find Some confidence In my golf swing Yeah Absolutely And the difference Between that And I was talking about this With my buddy Grant This morning I said you know now I've been practicing the last four or five, six weeks with the idea of trying to increase my competence, not my confidence, going yeah, to... Yeah. And he said, well, and he asked, he said, what's the difference? I said, the difference is I go to practice now with a plan, with some um, deliverables, like I videotape it. Am I reaching these positions? I've gone and worked on my short game. And I said this to uh, Dr. Pryor the other day, and I said, you know, I was... Avoiding practice during sort of the abyss that I was in sort of May, June, because all I do is go there and feel shittier and I'd be exactly. like hitting lots of balls rapidly. Whereas now the last three or four weeks I've gone with, you know, so I say I'm going to spend this much time in the short game area. I'm going to go to the putting green. I'm going to work on my long game and then I'm done. And I leave there feeling like I've made some incremental. I felt first of all, I feel great it's uh, a thing I love love hitting golf balls mm-hmm. i so I've been dry I've derived the pleasure out of it but I also feel like okay I some stuff worked there for that's that I'll take with me which is the acquisition of some stability love that love that love yeah. you uh, the, the, you know what the
1: analogy that came to me it might be weird but it might be spot on is that how many guys do you know have there, there's there's something going on that like they feel sick Sick, they don't have as much energy, but they don't go to the doctor. Yep. they don't go, and then but they finally do go, and they find there's something. There is something going on, but they don't want to go back, and and even taking the medicines because they they don't want to stay. they they want to be in this illusion that this is just a mere minor thing that I'm going to work my way out of, and and my life will stay normal and the way I want it. Mm-hmm. In essence, avoiding. Avoiding reality Avoiding some degree of pain And I just see that happen All the time Is people just like Let's avoid this Paper it over Pour alcohol
0: on it Numb it Overwork Whatever Make this go The frick away Mm -hmm. No you're right Um, Another concept I thought I'd just throw by you That you'll love Is uh, you know Whether it's You know A guy like Rob Who's had a great year Or anybody that plays Occasionally There's this thing in golf the, the the they call it the coupling of self and craft and whether it's a golfer or a coach or a performer where we're so we so we, we so think we're identified with our craft oh yes that we can't decouple it and you know that was you know that's what rob was kind of talking about i've gone through it you know like my last three or four years of golf have been you know Pretty cool, You know, I got down to a plus handicap at some point, you know, and scratched most of the time and won a bunch of things. And then all of a sudden, again, insidiously, mm-hmm. you get this vibe where that's how you're supposed to be all the time. Yeah. And, and you feel like if you don't live up to this coupling of who you are and who you think people think you are, etc., it's hard to stand over a golf shot and pull the trigger. Because it's fraught with so it's so constrictive. Mm-hmm. There's a lot on the line there, you know? Absolutely. yeah, I
1: mean because yeah, and it's just so normal. I mean th- this isn't you know um, aberrant behavior. It's not, it doesn't come from being effed up. It's being a human being. Mm. <laughs> you know we have, have ways that we're, we want to present ourselves to the world. We're social animals. And there's a certain degree of acknowledgement we'd like to get from people, but also the way we perceive ourselves in this world. And if we're not living up to what we think are the standards that people hold us and we hold ourselves, wow, that's a tough spot. And the the tension creeps in and the doubt and just and then it just snowballs. This this frustration just feeds on itself and becomes just a, a lot of anxiety. Does that sound close but, to the market? Well, and,
0: and, and a guy, yeah, 100%. And, like, Rob going through this, you know, thing where you can't stop shanking short irons and, you know, like, yeah, my golf swing, if you put it on video, you know, in May and June, probably looked very similar to what it looks like now. The difference is there's this I, – I, I have gotten some freedom back because – You know, first you need to fix your psychology. That's what Raymond would say. You need to fix the idea or you need to work on it so that it seems to bleed into your golf swing. One of the things that's made the biggest difference for me in uh, four or five weeks now is allowing the fact that I'm going to be okay whatever shot or number or whatever I swing, I'll be fine. Again, back to the idea of stable versus unstable confidence. Stable confidence, it doesn't mean you're going to hit every shot good or well. Mm -hmm. It means that no matter what happens, like Rob said something really interesting there. He said, I started watching where those shanks went because I started seeing them as just another shot. Mm -hmm. Just like blocking a drive or pull hooking an iron. It's just another shot. It's not an event or a personal indictment of who he is. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly but but yeah, that's proof but, it's not proof that i'm a meager exactly but isn't that yeah. what a wonderful breakthrough because yes because totally. acknowledging that back to the idea idea of stability when you're okay with whatever will happen then what then that's what confidence is not that you you've grooved your swing like my buddy is on his way to playing in a big tournament next week and you know i'm we're talking about the nature of his game and i said listen man I, I would first of all, you're one of the most stable dudes I know. You can handle whatever happens. Don't worry about your golf swing, because you're gonna hit some terrible shots, you're gonna hit some great shots. It's the it's the knowing that no matter what happens on the tournament starts on Monday, you'll be fine. Yep. And again, one of those things um as a,
1: as a cliche would go, easy to say, hard to do. But if you've been through it enough, that's the the struggle that we have in golf and everything is that no one wants to uh, suffer any pain. Of course, we don't. But transformation is always hard. So this, uh, Rob and I, one of the things we talked about is that this experience for him is a gift. He'll go through that. And because he's been through that hard stuff and see that, you know, I can survive this. Yeah, I hit a bad shot and I watched where it went. I didn't die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And actually, by watching it and seeing where it landed and going, oh, I'm still breathing. I'm still on my two feet. I didn't fall down. I can still get it up and down for par if I want. Absolutely. And that's, that is the, that's not just surviving, but that's, that's dealing with rough circumstances and battling through. And that's what I was really proud of him for doing and it's a tough thing for people I just we've got another client who um, this guy is you know he's fairly well to do and he's got everything he needs or wants Um, he has has two launch monitors his his golf clubs are fitted to him like a Formula One car is tweaked and and he goes I do all this so I can shoot in the 90s (laughs) 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 Jesus but He's coming to understand. I think that with a lot of players, and Rob went through this as well, is, is that they're 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 grasping on. It's almost like they're they're drowning in the water, so they grasp for anything that's going to help keep them afloat. Whereas if they just kind of rely on their own resources, they'll they'll flow quite nicely. But it's all that trying. And all that stuff, and that—that's what Rob went through. And I just—I see it happen all the time with golfers, particularly you know amateur golfers who acquire all this knowledge. You know, believe me, I was—I am one of them. That's not—I was—I am seeking this information all over the place, and then mistaking that for actual wisdom and being able to do something. So I just think there's all this trying and seeking, and generally that doesn't that doesn't move us along because we don't access what we've already got.
0: Yeah. Yes to all. Um, I wanna talk about uh, how many conversations I've had about you being hit. Yeah, I'm gonna get I wanna to get to that. Do you wanna tell you what? Why don't we take a break from this part and then we'll finish off with uh, you know where GSL has uh, returned to his exalted uh, status. Um, that's not. It. I'm just. I'm just joking around. I'm just joking around. You know, it's funny. Um, it's not. Is it interesting or is it funny? It's curious. It's both. I will tell you that part of the work that I've done with uh, Doctor Pryor is really getting kind of to the core of why I'm doing this but there's something that I've started doing again that is actually uh, a Tim O'Connor thing Ooh. and I will tell you what that is thinking about being curious. I will tell you what that is after we talk about the impact you had on these conversations this week. More people have asked me how you're doing and I go, Tim's a big suck. That's what he's doing. <laughs> um, I, uh, but but, after I, we, but there's been some serious conversation about where we all stand mm-hmm. with with other players. And one of the conversations I had was, was a guy who's like, very good player, plus one, zero handicap and i said the problem with guys like you and i is that we play with a lot of guys like you and i and i just i never worry about you hitting me you know like i if he's if i'm ahead of him or those type of players i just go stand over to the right side or whatever and i'm not worried about it but i said what i did (laughs) exactly but but because most you know i'm not I just, those are the guys I play with. I play with a lot of yep. sort of lower handicapped guys, and I never think about it. But I said, you know what? I should, because we get lazy. We, um, what's the word I'm looking for? We just we sort of become, uh, we just sort of take it for granted. Like, I'm not going to get hit. Exactly. Yep. And you uh, have reminded us that you can.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, that's what, the, that to me was the takeaway from this, that I was. Unlucky to get hit for sure but I was lucky where it hit me oh I mean, yeah it hit me it hit me on the, if, if you take your right hand and, and put it on your left forearm about two inches below your your uh, your elbow that's a big thick bone there oh and yeah there's some muscle and a bit of fat there and that's where it hit me and right now so that was uh, that was a week ago Tuesday we are recording this on Friday so like 10 days ago so, Exactly. So now, like, the bruise is almost gone. Let me see. And
0: it's just... Let me see. Let me see.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Still there, though. just
1: a tiny bit of tenderness, and that's it. So I got away. Oh, my God. just... I could have... See, what happened to me in the days after, similar conversations with you about where we stand, but also, O'Connor, you could have been really hurt. Mm -hmm. I mean, if that hit me in the jaw... I would have broke it. I could have lost teeth. I could have lost an eye. You know, people say, God, I hit you in a temple. You could be, like, dead. And for two but days... But it could have hit you in the nuts. That, too. Thank you. <laughs> I love how this show goes, goes <laughs> to being... Like, I just wanted PhD, to list... Like, I wanted like that PhD to be level. on the list of where you but, could have been hit. Yeah, the show ranges from PhD level, Doug Brewer, <laughs> you know, Raymond Fryer to, like like we're in grade two
0: in this school. I'm, I'm not. Ooh. I've never left grade two. I, everyone listening is going, OK, he's listing all the places in the eye and the jaw and the temple and somebody out there is definitely going, what about the nutsack? Yeah, he could have been hit in the nuts. Please continue, Tim. <laughs> 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 uh,
1: we do operate at a different okay, place. Anyway, is, I'm not sure. So, so. Yes, so, you're honestly, very lucky. For, so for a couple of days, i was really kind of spinning and um you know i I listened to our last podcast i thought i sounded like unfocused and scattered i could barely put two words together without saying you know um or you know or anything and just it was just in a weird place for a couple of days and then i finally just kind of went oh my gosh you you escaped with something you like you really got away with something here. You became really close. It was kind of like a, a heaven can wait moment. <laughs> and, um, I, I came from it and to come back to how we originally got back into this was stay awake, pal. Stay aware. Don't take your, t- don't take your, your safety mm. or someone's going to hit a shot or even your life for granted. Stay the fuck awake. Hey, Hey, and Hey, come on now with your so, language. So yeah, I've had similar conversations and uh so guy's been hitting I I was on the twelfth fairway earlier this week and someone's about been hit and I just walked like right into the woods.
0: Well, it's a great lesson. That's why I brought it up, because again a couple of guys mentioned it to me because they know I know you. Um and I took so you know, even you know, again it doesn't matter what handicap level you play with, although I am definitely more alert that's, I guess, what I was trying to say. I'm more alert when I'm playing with sort of higher handicap players because I see the, I see the opportunity. Like, yeah, I could be... Who knows where this is going? But I'm playing with uh, the guy that won the senior club championship at my course, Doug Brophy. He's an awesome golfer. I would mm-hmm. never... It would never occur to me that he could hit me depending on where I'm standing. But they could. You know, anyone can. You know, and that was a good reminder that we should be... Um, You know, I'm a bit more uh, attentive to that because you never know. You might get hit, you know, and you're nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Ah! I I just, again, I love how this show just ranges. Devolved. You know, it's not the show. It's me. I'm the immature one. You're fucking, you're not, you're like a grown up. Um, (laughs) I don't
1: know. Uh, yes. All, yes, yeah, I, I say, know. always, no matter how old we are, everyone's going to laugh at
0: farts. Yes. Listen, you never get older. You, you, do, it doesn't matter if you're 65; you're still five. Do you see the you know? sign behind me? That's that whole show, nuts and farts, right behind you there. <laughs> uh, going, okay. Well, you know, just just quickly before we yes. leave it, just to just
1: like our buddy nuts Rob, we we're farts, talking to the guys. Rob. Guys like a you know a one or two handicap. Yeah, yeah. So imagine you hadn't played with him for mm-hmm. a while and he's a lefty and you're standing sort of like at about a 20 degree angle yep. from him forward, left, he could have hit you because he's got, he had the shankaroos going.
0: Shank you right in your nuts. Okay. <laughs> I'm not, I keep saying it because I know it makes you uncomfortable. Uh, no, it makes me laugh. So sorry. here's the thing. Uh, here's thing. Uh, insidious, is uh, back to the idea <laughs> of uh, the insidious nature of our game. And um, it wasn't just... Well, I know what I was going to say. The thing that you helped me with. I'm just looking at a mouse that's uh, going back and forth across my studio floor here. I have mice a in my house. I have mice mouse. Yeah. yeah, I do. Wait, doesn't Stan take care of those? Stan takes care of nothing. Stan's my dog, by the way. You need a cat. So, um... You need a barn cat. Years ago, I, we had this conversation, you and I, on the show, about, uh, you know, being more engaged... With the people you play with And what I have found Is that in my sort of darker moments As a golfer I just have this And and maybe I'm still making some conversation But I have this vibe about me At least I feel like it Where I'm like serious golfer mode I'm a serious golfer I take golf very seriously I have a yardage book And I'm looking at shit And you know And I don't know what I'm doing I was just you know as most people have heard I was just mired in this kind of Fucking malaise about the game And and you know the the reason that Rob was considering quitting I was considering quitting My buddy out east was considering quitting Is that is like This concept I introduced to you a, a few days ago Or whenever, whenever we taped last About the idea between The difference between overtraining And burning out You mm-hmm. can be tired from playing too many days in a row It's a big difference between that And being burned out on the game And that's where I was Yep, and uh, as as part of my journey once again out of the abyss, I uh, remembered that about our conversation about being engaged with other people, and part of what's helped me a lot the last month has that as I I just made a conscious effort that I was going to enjoy the day, no matter what the day brought me, and part of that enjoyment is being Sort of with other people And joking around with them And I gotta tell you, It's been part of what's made me play better Or what's helped me play better Is the idea that I'm other engaged Because I'm not just serious golfer all the time And I've made a real point Of having conversations in between, in between the shots No matter what I just did And this has not just been when I've played well Because I'm going to tell you, I've played very well the last month. Nice. But also I've had a couple rounds where I didn't play as well, but I still kept that going. And what it did is it made the end of the day just a sweeter experience.
1: Yeah, love that. Absolutely. And would it be fair to say that whether you shot, I don't know, 80 or 74, if you had a nice time with the people you played with... When you shot your eighty did you did you drive home from the golf course feeling just as okay yeah maybe you might have been disappointed in the score but overall you had a great experience and you got to know these other people and you shared some good times together yeah
0: like uh yes um yeah I just it, it's it's was it was part of this plan I devised but but I just wanted to give you credit for that because it's definitely well thanks it's definitely made. Um, what it's, I mean, I'm, Again, I'm doing it for a reason it's, it's taken me out of Beating myself up In between shots Even though I'm still talking I'm internally kind of you know Pissed off or whatever That's how I was six or seven weeks ago So uh, the last uh, month I, Like I said, I've started to feel better Definitely feel lighter Been doing a lot of work with uh, Mr. Pryor Dr. Pryor And also a lot of work on my own More than I've ever done Cause I really was close. And Zokol calls me all the time. <laughs> it's so cool. Zocul called me, uh, after- your lifeline. Your lifeline? <laughs> he's like my phone, a friend. <laughs> he, uh, he called me after our last show. He wanted to go over yeah, some yeah. things with me. I fucking love that dude. He's so, he sent c- the, the bolt Taylor video. Oh yeah. Which I've watched a bunch of times. Yes, great video too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's been really good. And, uh, So this week, I'll just give you this last... So since we've last recorded, I shot... uh, Here's my last five rounds. 78, 73, 72, 78, and 73. And the 73... The 73 was yesterday in a one-day invitational, which I ended up finishing first. And uh, thank you. So I've gone from, like... Fucking wanting to quit <laughs> five weeks ago to finishing first in a tournament yesterday. I say finished first because I lost in a playoff, hmm. but I lost to a guy. Actually, I was to three man playoff, and uh, I was shot uh, seventy three at Caledon Woods. By the way, great golf course. I'd never played before. It is a it's a neat it's a neat little course. Isn't isn't it? course. Yes, very yep. parkland. I had no idea yep. how good it was. Not that long. Not that long, but uh, definitely, um, definitely a, t- a tricky little golf course. And um, I, I, I lost to the on the very first playoff hole. A bunch of people watching, were very nervous. But I can tell you, I hit two great shots. Like I swung like a like a, I killed my drive, and I hit a nine iron to the green, twenty five thirty feet away. But I didn't. It was. It was great because I didn't gag it up. I didn't steer it. I just roasted the drive, and nice. this guy sank. He was away, so he was about five yards off the green, about forty-five feet from the flag, and he sank it. Wow! So good for him. But, yeah, absolutely. Like absolutely. good for him, and, and but but I I didn't lose the playoff by guiding a swing or steering it or being. But I will tell you, my you know, <clears throat> excuse me. I've been a, I've been in that position before. Pardon me I've I've won The playoffs To win things And I've lost them But I can tell you That feeling When everyone's around And you have to go back And get your stuff Because I You know I finished the round And uh, they say Oh you're in a playoff I'm like I gotta go Fucking golf shit back on I'm just ready to have lunch Yeah <laughs> But I got up on that tee With everyone watching And I said And I was nervous Like I said to myself Okay You know Can you handle whatever's Whatever is gonna happen here I'm like yep so just go ahead and hit it. And I, and I, my point is, I made that swing even though I was nervous. But I didn't guide it. I wasn't trying to protect something. I could tell the difference, too. <clears throat> By the way, my round yesterday, I had 16 greens. Made no birdies, two bogeys, and 16 pars. It was the weirdest round. I had so oh, okay. many putts for birdie, it was ridiculous. But... You know, they weren't, like, they weren't all makeable. I probably, maybe I could have made a couple, but a lot of them were 30 and 40 footers that I just two-putted and went on to the next hole. But yeah, it was cool. Exactly. So in a tournament situation from five weeks ago when I was like, I think I'm going to go back to flying. <laughs> <laughs> to uh, shooting 73. And with some, you know, it wasn't the most pressure, but it was still something. It was an event where, as Raymond say, where score matters. And when score matters, whether it's your Saturday game or an invite or a qualifier or the provincial championship, we we it brings a certain feeling to your to your golf. And uh, I can tell you it was pretty satisfying. You know, I was pissed. I was disappointed. I I didn't win. Absolutely. I was. But not self-flagellation disappointed, like beating myself up all night, being all morose. I was just like, yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, well, the guy made a third. What did you say? Forty-five. It was a long putt. Yeah, so the hole got in the way, and the, yeah, guy, yeah. the guy won. So that's what happens in golf, you know. No, sometimes, yeah. That, but that, I, even that, even my round, I went over my round thinking, man, you know, I lipped out three or four putts. Yeah, yeah you know. Happens. But everyone has that. But it was overall, you know, I just it was just kind of like, oh, so if you do all those things, because I didn't hit every shot perfectly. Yep, hit a lot of good shots. But if you do all the things that we're talking about, if your psychology, you know, being engaged, and I was yesterday. I played with a really good player yesterday who, when he, when he was in his 40s, won the uh, Ontario Mid-Am. So he's a really good golfer. But now he's in his, like, mid to late 60s. And we talked all the way around. Like, in between shots, I was, you know, having a good time talking to him. I was playing with Bondi, who's a nut. So that was fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's great! He's a fucking Bondi. Oh, and, I know uh, he's a he's, he's a character. And oh a half. my God, he's telling me to fuck off in between shots. <laughs> like it was. So, <laughs> I know. I know. So, so it was funny. good that way, and he's a very good player. Absolutely, um, he is. But yeah. uh, you know, it, it kept things kind of light. Absolutely. Hey, what I want I want to jump in. Uh,
1: so much good stuff to take from what you just related, and um, so one of those things is that. In golf, as in, in other parts of our life, we tend to get you know insular and thinking. Oh, how am I doing? What am I doing? And, and all that. But when you're talking with others, you kind of get pulled out of yourself, and you're with them, and you're you're connecting, and that's it's it's really positive. It's positive energy going back and forth, and it gets you out of your own head, and mm-hmm. and, and and that's so good. That coming, you know. In, i remember carl morris years ago saying i think uh that you have a certain egg timer of mental energy so you save it for when you're going to you know create your shot and then you come out and you engage with other people maybe you look around whatever it's that coming in and out is, is really healthy for you it preserves your energy but the thing that i also wanted to comment on around that piece about even when you're not playing well to to stay social to have an awareness of that of engaging with the people you're playing with you think about when people are in a dark place in parts of their life is that we tend to isolate and we get again insular and and asking questions of why is this going on why do I keep suffering suffering from this and that you know, not to, you know. We've gone to from talking about getting getting hit in the nutsack. Too. I don't remember now, that. To, Did we? To, to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to and actually, you think about like what's depression? Yeah, for a lot of people, isolation. It's being iso, being isolated, yep. being lonely, being mired in their own shit, and you can't. You it's hard to find a way out of that when you're doing that. But when you, but as humans, again, what we were talking about a little bit earlier, we're wired to be social animals and when we're connecting with other people there's just a good exchange that's going on and and it just we just feel lighter I, i know that in um the mankind project circles that i've sat in for for 20 years or so i've heard this so many times um we have you know have these guys come in and you'd have a guy who'd go you know, I wasn't going to come tonight, I was feeling really shitty, and I was going to stay on the couch and eat chips and watch the Leafs, but I'm so glad I came, mm-hmm. because he engaged with others, he talked about what was going on in his world, and he just feels lighter. It's like a cathartic process, And but it's, it's a bit counterintuitive. It's almost like when we're a wounded animal, we want to go away and to kind of be by ourselves, but that's when we need to engage
0: with others, it's just a really healthy thing. And you've talked about this uh, with me and uh, with others, but the idea is like you know, like it would be easy for Rob or me, you know, who thinks he's a great golfer, to sort of, and I have felt like a sort of ashamed of it, like to mm-hmm. feel like to feel like you've shanked a shot, and then you, if you don't acknowledge it, it's like no one wants to say anything. But I shanked a shot a couple of Sundays ago. I played from the back tees with your buddy Tom Nowak. And, you know, I again, this was while I've been kind of coming out of this abyss and played the first eight holes, eight over par, including shanking two chips. And then mm. I just kind of like let it go. Felt like I I, I, I I, went the first one. I acknowledged and went, hey, did everyone see that? Because that's what shanking is, everybody. So I made a joke of it. So yeah, that I didn't great. have to suck and fucking wear it. And then it allowed my actual skills to come back out. I ended up playing the rest of the round, even par from, you know, pretty far away, sixty eight fifty. So, and then the other night, playing with Brophy again, I wanted to play well. He's a good golfer. I want he, he wants to play well with me. Both of us didn't play great. I kind of skanked it around. It's funny. I'd, I've had three rounds this week where out of fifty-four holes, I've hit forty-six greens. But I had one round where I had seven of them, which was Wednesday night. Just my mm-hmm. swing didn't feel good on the range, and it happens. It happens. Like mitigating circumstances. That's what Ray calls them. So I was tired. Didn't hit yeah. it well, but I shot seventy-eight. And nice. even in that round, I was like a couple times I made doubles. I said to bro, I go, well, that sucks. But like uh, I didn't I didn't feel shame about it. I didn't pretend it didn't suck because it did. You know, I three putted a par three to make a double. And I went, that was unnecessary. You know what I mean? Like, um, yes. You, and I sort of joked to the fact, as I said, you think after 11 years, I would know that putt was downhill. I hit it 10 feet by the fucking hole. But the point is, by a, by shining light on it it didn't make the like I didn't have to wear it for the rest of the round it's a weird little experience yeah so what you're what you're demonstrating is that you're not living and dying with your golf and
1: what it speaks to also it's funny how Rob was talking about how when he had the shanks the guys are kind of walking around him. Oh, yeah. like you said like the shank the, the, the shank, shank stink. stink or like it's like he had like leprosy oh yeah hey Rob How's it going? Yeah, yeah. But from about twenty feet don't away. Don't talk to
0: him. That's the shank master. But,
1: but it's like golfers. Like if you say the word shank, how many guys just oh, don't say that? Ooh, it's kind of like Ted Lasso mm-hmm. episode after Danny uh, kills the dog right. on the on the penalty shot, and then and then they're all sitting in the in Ted's office, and he go, he has the, it's the yips, but they're they're not saying it
0: out loud. Yeah, and yeah. then the, the psychologist comes in. You go, he's got the yips. Oh,
1: don't say
0: it. <laughs> Well, that's been, uh, there. so there you go. Now you've updated. Uh, I'm updated. Uh, things are, uh, you know, and that's why, back to this, f- you know, the phrase of the day, insidiousness, insidious nature of the game, that by not keeping track of it, I realized that maybe it wasn't as bad as I thought. Mm-hmm. And, and the good, the good thing about the, you know, the way that I'm doing it now is that I can see the rounds and know what to go work on. So that's the other thing is like by by being a bit more present and and there's like every round of golf is an opportunity. OK, what well, there are a couple of things I can take away from yesterday that might have, you know, that I can improve on the next time I play versus, you know, being mired in the shit of it all. And uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. It was pretty satisfying, but I can tell you this. Yeah, I shared it with a couple of my buddies. I didn't share it with you because I knew I was going to do the show with you today. But I shared it with them, um, not like "Hey, look at me," but more like you know, with Fitzsimmons and guys like you know, just I just wanted to acknowledge that the the weird nature of the game is that you know I sort of jokingly like, I'm climbing out of the abyss, but it wasn't just that I shot a good score; is that I was there, that it, I was actually back to being a bit more present. And yeah. oh, doesn't it turn out that that's the the key to having you know whatever a better experience and then slash more success.
1: Well, here's here's our first, my first, uh, Fred Shoemaker reference uh, of the day. Um, Fred, I, I've heard him say a couple different ways that you know, can we walk off the golf course having shot you know a score we didn't like and going, you know what, that was amazing. I I, I now lo I now know more about myself mm-hmm. than I did before, and to me, that's what you can take forward in in everything. And, but if we are so wedded to wanting this result and what it will say about us, that's a tough spot. You, the, you're always going to be, it's going to be a roller coaster of emotions, up and down. Um, you know, you shoot a good score, yay, and then down. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh,
0: I'm back in the abyss, as you called it. Um, so I sent Ray a note saying, hey, thanks for the, uh, we had a session the other day, and I sort of explained what we've just talked about. And I said to him, I sort of finished by saying, thanks. I just want you to know you've made a difference. This is what I said to him. He said, Howard, thanks for the update. This is one sentence. Sounds like a really rewarding round of golf, but don't thank me. You're the one who has to bring a high level of acceptance and groundedness to a round and be responsible for your own thoughts and actions. That credit goes to you. And that's really what he works with. You need to be responsible We all need to be more responsible and bring a high level of acceptance, or as he calls it, like radical acceptance is whatever round I'm going to play tomorrow, you know, tournament next week, whatever, whatever round of golf is going to show up. Am I okay with it? Because the more you're okay with it, I'm going to tell you, it's the strangest thing. My swing is no different than it was in Sawgain, But the more I feel okay about whatever happens, I'll be fine. The more I'm allowing my actual ability to sort of surface back up again,
1: yeah, and, and so interesting. You use that word "responsible." People are like, "What? What are you talking about?" It's yeah. golf, for God's sakes. But I, I um, led a putting clinic at Mississauga uh, uh, Country Club yesterday with James Hutchison, their director of golf, and we had a little short conversation with our our guys who took the clinic about. We didn't. I didn't use the word "responsible." I used. The word accountability. Mm-hmm. And, and that is holding yourself to account and maybe have it working with someone else, whether it be a golf buddy or a coach who will hold you accountable for the path you're on. Because it's so you know, insidious to use that word. Yeah. This program brought to you by the letter I, which mm-hmm. stands for insidious, to, to jump at the new thing a thing that we think oh this is going to solve me this is going to give me salvation it's going to take me out of my suffering rather than staying, being responsible and staying on that path that will draw you out and, and sometimes you need someone to remind you uh, to do that um, it, it's hard to hold yourself to account but um, that, that's a key thing of being a mature person but
0: I'm not sure either of you either of us are that no, oh, I'm sure you're not.
1: As this show, as
0: no. this show has well demonstrated today. <laughs> Listen, I'm glad you didn't get hit in the nuts. I really am. Uh, Me thanks too. to yeah, uh, thanks too. to Rob Somerville. Always oh, great hearing from. Uh, from Rob. Um, also thanks to uh, TaylorMade Golf the uh the TaylorMade Golf family at TaylorMadeGolf.ca, who is oscarbravo.com and stretchlab.com as well. The O'Connor Substack. What is that called again? Up and down in Shaky Town. What is it? Up and down, yes. Uh, T.O'Connor.Substack.com And of course for more immaturity, humbleandfredradio.com. Uh, thanks STDs. We'll uh, see you next week. Step inside, but you don't see too many faces